We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. No, not the bugs! What is this? Are they walking? Are those swords? Why do they have swords? I don't understand! Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for another episode of this thing that we like to do called Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in lovely downtown Halifax here. How's it going today? It's a lot brighter than it's been in the last, I don't know, four or five months, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have daylight savings time now, so we're going to have a little bit more light a little later in the day, so it's going to be great. And it's just going to get brighter from here up until June, so... You know, keep your keep your chin up for that, and um, let's go. Let's enjoy what is new, and let's... let's uh, let us enjoy what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net since the last episode. And it's a whole lot of Jason as usual, but uh, we'll get through this here. Um, we have Ranger X. Uh, let's see, is that a low bias monthly or is it just... Yeah, it is a low bias monthly for March 2020. Games you never got to finish as a youngin. I'm sure Scarlet is the one who wrote it. I know he's the one who picked the subject. Um, but yeah, games you never got to finish as a youngin. And um, Jason brings us three episodes of Ranger X, um, which I'm not really sure what it is, but it's a game. Uh, we got four new episodes of Final Fantasy VIII. We have, oh boy, a whole lot of Minecraft. Um, Jason for his third time playing some Minecraft and I think this time he's streaming it too. Uh, there are eight videos so far and uh, yeah he does stream it on occasion. You can head over to the Low Bias Gaming Discord for more information on that and there's a link over at lowbiasgaming.net uh, if you want to get in there. There's also soundtracks for Wild Arms 2, Corpse Party, Wario Land 3, and Iron Swords, uh, Iron Sword, Wizards, and Warriors for your perusal. But that's about it. Let's get to some music over here on Square Wave Symphony, CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Listen local. Let's get to the music.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and I didn't stop the music. We'll get to that in a second. Um, that was by Meribeth Solomon and Brent Barkman, and it is the opening theme to today's game from the archives. And now the music can play. Lose your mind. Eat your crew. Die. Take the helm of your steamship and set sail for the unknown. Sunless Sea is a game of discovery, loneliness, and frequent death set in the award-winning Victorian Gothic universe of fallen London. If the giant crabs, sentient icebergs, and swarms of bats don't get you, madness and cannibalism certainly will. But that old black ocean beckons, and there's loot for the brave souls who dare to sail her. This is Sunless Sea. It's an adventure game, or kind of a roguelike, but kind of a nouveau roguelike type of thing. Uh, for Windows, developed and published by Fail Better Games and released in 2014. A uh, very interesting game. It's a bit slow-paced for uh, for some people, but um, it's very atmospheric. It has a pretty deep story to it, and it's worth some time to sink into it. Uh, Ragnats has done just so for uh, the low bias monthly of October 2016 games featuring commodities trading, which is one that I picked. Uh, and yeah, there are five videos available on lowbiasgaming.net if you're interested.
That was Litany by... Once again, that was Litany by Zygrunt, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. And we're back with Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And that number you just heard is definitely a number that uh, will reach this uh, studio right here, which uh, someone just called <laughs> um, Axe Immortal. Shout out to you and hope you're having a good day. Um, so yeah, speaking of weird, it is time for the news of the weird. And as usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time. Some of these may not jive well with all audiences, but they have been scanned for objectionable content. This segment is usually 13, 15 minutes long, so take that as you will. Our lead story for today, unclear on the concept. For two whole years, Kaylee Wilkes nurtured a lovely green succulent in her kitchen window. She watered it, wiped dust off its leaves, and forbade anyone else from caring for it. It was full, beautiful covering, just an overall perfect plant, Wilkes wrote in a Facebook post from February 28th. Recently, Upworthy reported... Uh, she decided it was time to transplant it into a pretty new uh, pot. So imagine her dismay when she pulled up the succulent and realized it was plastic rooted in styrofoam with sand glued to the top. How did I not know this? She wondered. I feel like these last two years have been a lie. Wilkes suffered some ridicule on social media, but her local Home Depot reached out with some real living succulents, uh, succulents that Wilkes can shower with love and attention. I mean, usually with any sort of living thing, it is going to change slightly whenever, you know, as it lives, it will grow and things like that. One would think that you would realize at some point this thing looks exactly the same as it did two years ago. Anyway, sometimes you're just a little bit over your head. Um, Bright Idea, an innovative jewel thief in Melbourne, Australia, was caught on camera using a fishing rod to burial a Versace necklace from a store window on February 24th. ABC News reports the thief carefully broke a hole in the window to avoid setting off the alarm, then spent almost three hours trying to hook the costume jewelry necklace worth about $800. He worked with two different sized rods before finally snagging the necklace. Store owner Stephen Adigrati uh, called the heist, quote, outrageous and courageous although he suspected the thief was unaware that the piece was relative, relatively inexpensive. This particular necklace looks a lot more expensive than what it is. Gold, bright, iconic Medusa head, he explained. Police are still searching for the fisherman. Medusa head. As someone who has played several Castlevania games, I must now express concern. People will be turned to stone. This is an emergency. Don't go to Melbourne, Australia. 
you're going to turn into a statue. Uh, the litigious society, and actually Scarlet might be interested in this one slightly. Chuck E. Cheese, which is where he works, maybe where a kid can be a kid, but for one Portland, Oregon patron, it's where a woman can get her long hair caught in a ticket machine. Ashriana Scott is suing Chuck E. Cheese's parent company for $1,000 after alleging her hair was tangled for 20 minutes in a machine that counts tickets for prize redemption, the Oregonian reported. In the lawsuit, Scott said the December 8th incident caused injuries, discomfort, and headaches, and she wants a jury trial and a sign posted near the machine to warn others. A manager at the restaurant declined to comment on the lawsuit, but said the machines already have warning signs. It seems kind of obvious, at least to myself, if there is a slot that automatically processes things and you have long hair, don't get your long hair stuck in it. It just seems like an obvious thing to do. Maybe it's... Well, I don't know. I don't have long hair, so... I don't know the pains of having long hair, but let, for now, let's talk about the foreign press, because that's our next story. The ancient legend about St. Patrick driving Ireland's snakes into the sea uh, could only be salt in the wound of a 22-year-old man from Dublin who appears to be the first person in Ireland to suffer a venomous snake bite, the Irish Post reported on February 29th. The man's pet puffadder bit him, prompting a visit to Conley Hospital, where doctors consulted with experts from the National Reptile Zoo. James Hennessy, zoo director, explained that, quote, Puff adder venom is pretty nasty. It's going to start digesting and disintegrating all around the area of the bite, and that will continue up the limb as well. It will then cause massive internal issues as well if not treated. Ow. FYI, scientists say that it was probably the Ice Age that kept snakes out of Ireland. That's nasty! Um, that's why you have to exercise extreme care whenever you have a venomous snake as a pet. Or really, almost a lot of types of snakes are kind of dangerous if you're not paying attention. But, um, anyway, that's one thing that can happen. At least he's made the history books. So there's that. A dream come true is hardly what that was, but maybe this story. Residents of Sitakani, a small village in Italy, were startled on March 4th when their kitchen and bathroom taps began dispensing red wine rather than water. United Press International reported, Locals quickly identified the wine as Lambrusco Grasparosa, which is produced at a nearby winery, and officials excuse me, officials there found a leak that sent wine from a silo into water pipes. Some quick-thinking residents said they bottled as much of the tap wine as they could before the problem was resolved. I mean, you can't really blame them? You're effectively getting free wine. It's going to be watered down, yes, but it's free. It, let's consider it a sample. It's, it's a sample of the wine. There you go. 
our next two stories under the headline of awesome. Ohio college student Mendel Weinstock, 21, kidded his sister Reva five years ago that once she gets married, he will bring a llama to the wedding as his plus one. So when Reva tied the knot on March 1st, Mendel made good on his promise showing up with a rented llama named Shockey wearing a custom-made tuxedo. Reva was unamused but conceded to CNN, when my brother puts his mind to something, he gets it done. Mendel spent $400 to rent the llama but said it was worth every penny. Shockey spent about 30 minutes taking photos with amused guests outside the venue, but friends who were in on the joke seated two inflatable llamas at one of the tables inside. Reva said she'll get her revenge. He should sleep with one eye open. Uh, llamas? Really? I mean, the... That seems like such a hassle for no reason. I mean, the added bonus is that no one's gonna forget that. But now he should sleep with one eye open. Maybe he should learn the llama spitting technique. Here's another, um, another awesome story with someone else who has a name that has that ends with DL. What are the odds? Keith Reddle of Dawson Creek, British Columbia, was more than a little annoyed when the prize of his uh, the prize his eight-year-old grandson won in a raffle turned out to be two hundred dollars worth of cannabis products and accessories, chocolate edibles, vanilla chai, and other products, along with a pipe and lighter. At a fundraiser for youth hockey in early March, Reddle told CTV. Uh, the boy's father had given him $10 worth of tickets to bid on whichever prizes he liked. The little boy thought he was bidding on chocolate. My grandson thought he had won a great prize, Rettle said. But when he was told he couldn't have any of it, quote, he was mad. How do you explain that to a kid? I mean, in a country where cannabis is legal, these things are bound to happen at some point. The best thing that you can do is make sure that the right people are getting the right products. Yes, they're legal for adults, not children. Our next story is so gross they had to say it three times. Ew, ew, ew. So, content advisory, I guess. Like I said, I haven't read this. But I've seen a couple of words in it. It's probably not going to be pretty. A mother in St. In Saint Malo, France, filed a complaint with police on February 25th against Danone, the manufacturer of powered, uh, powdered baby formula. <clears throat> police told AFP the woman's three-month-old daughter became ill in November with a high temperature and the mother took her to the emergency room. Several days later, authorities said, the baby vomited a worm about six to, centimeters, six to seven centimeters long, about the length of an adult index finger. In the report, the, uh, the mother said that the worm had been examined at a hospital to be deter and was determined to be of a parasitic type. He, uh, she decided to take action after learning of two other cases, one in central France where living larvae were found in a container of the same brand of formula. Um... Uh, 
A spokesperson from Danone told a news conference that without the containers, quote, several hypotheses could explain the presence of an insect, but the formula is never exposed to air in its production chain. Okay. Let's let's move on to our last story for today. How about that? And let's because it's topical, I suppose, let's make it about the coronavirus. Latest religious messages. <clears throat> Good combination. Self-described Christian prophet Cindy Jacobs declared the coronavirus against the law on March 4th. We say, in the name of Jesus, virus, you are illegal. This is God's earth. Dead State reported that Jacobs went on to tell an enthusiastic group of supporters, I don't know if everyone will get healed, but we're going to decree that the coronavirus will cease worldwide. I don't think that's how medicine works. I also don't think that's how religion works. It it will definitely cease worldwide at some point, but not because of this. Anyway, uh, that is going to do it for the news for today. Let us move on to the Halifax weather. And there is a rainfall warning in effect for Halifax Metro and Halifax County West. Rain and strong southeasterly winds expected late this afternoon into tonight, as well as a higher than normal uh, water levels along the Atlantic coastline. Total rainfall about 15 to 25 millimeters with locally high amount, higher amounts possible uh, in the Atlantic coast of Nova Scotia. Time span late this afternoon and tonight. Remarks. Uh, rain is forecast to begin late this afternoon over southwestern Nova Scotia and spread eastward across the province accompanied by strong southeasterly winds. The rain will end late overnight tonight as winds diminish somewhat and shift to westerly. In addition, higher than normal water levels and pounding surf are expected along the Atlantic coast near high tide tonight. Heavy downpours can cause flash floods and water pooling on roads. Rainfall warnings are issued when significant rainfall is expected. Alright, so with that out of the way, let us move on to the weather forecast. It is currently 1 degree and cloudy here in Halifax. Uh, looking at tonight, mainly cloudy, rain at time, uh, rain at times heavy beginning early this evening and ending overnight, then 30% chance of showers, fog patches developing early this evening and dissipating overnight, Mount 15, 25 millimeters, wind southeast 50 gusting to 80, becoming west 30 gusting to 50 after midnight, temperature rising to 7 this evening, then falling, uh, with a low of plus 3 degrees. Saturday, March 14th, a mix of sun and cloud, wind west 30 gusting to 50 with a high of plus 5 and a UV index of 4 or moderate. Uh, at night, partly cloudy, wind west 30 gusting to 50 becoming northwest 20 gusting to 40 overnight with a low of minus 5 and a wind chill of minus 12 overnight. Sunday, March 15th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of plus 3 going down to a low of minus 10, a bit chilly, and a 30% chance of flurries at night. Monday, March 16th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of zero, going down to a low of minus five in cloudy periods at night. Tuesday, March 17th, a 30% chance of showers and a high of plus five, going down to a low of plus two and showers at night. 
Uh, Wednesday, March 18th, a 6% chance of showers and a high of plus 5 going down to a low of minus 7 in cloudy periods at night. And Thursday, March 19th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of plus 2 degrees. You are listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And let's get to some music, shall we?
That was Winterworks with The Day the Dragon Found His Wife. Aww. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and this is your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And I have found a thing. Yes, I have found a thing. And I will share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I Found a Thing. Isn't that a brilliant name? Of course it's not. Um, so this particular thing is about a day that is coming up. Uh, St. Patrick's Day. Um, now, a lot of people will associate St. Patrick's Day with drinking. Um, now, the thing is, I'm not going to get into the whole religious thing, but I will touch on the basics here. St. Patrick's Day typically falls within the time of Lent, and drinking is definitely not something that you would associate with Lent. So why is drinking a thing? Uh, well, first and foremost, um, St. Patrick was uh, considered as the foremost patron saint of Ireland, um, which in his time was pretty strong on Christianity. Um, again, not going to go into a whole thing about this, but um, yeah, there was a day that, of course, he had to pass away. Everyone does. It was actually pretty, uh, from, uh, from what it says here, pretty old. Uh, he lived from 385 to 461, so it's pretty good age for um, that time period. But uh, yeah, he died on March 17th, 461, and um, they decided since uh, it was Lent, and since he was such a big deal back in the time, that they would actually um, release the obligations of Lent for that one day, so that everyone could uh, come together, have a drink, and celebrate his death. So, it's kind of an interesting, um, kind of an interesting look at it. You're not really getting drunk just because St. Patrick is... He's not synonymous with drinking or anything. He's synonymous with Ireland. But he was a big deal and people wanted to celebrate uh, because he had passed away. I realize now I'm just kind of going in circles at this point, but, you know, things like that happen. So, if you are going to um, have a drink either sometime this weekend or next Tuesday in order to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Do keep St. Patrick in mind and um, let's have a thought about where that whole thing came from. Whether or not you're Christian doesn't really matter. Just have, have some positive thoughts in mind is what I guess I'm trying to say. So just kind of an interesting fact for y'all. Um, yeah, that's 
the best that I had for today. So there you go. Uh, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And let's get to some more music and then some more stuff. That was Melt in the Sky Labo with Kawaii Kute Boken Tenki Chiptune, um, in English, Cute and Adventurous Chiptune. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. 
so I was thinking just recently of um, a, a topic that does kind of come up a fair amount, especially when you're a uh, game developer or want to be one, which is game jams. Um, so what is a game jam, in, in case you might not know? Game jam is basically an event where a whole bunch of people will uh, get together and make games. And they don't necessarily have to be very complex games. They don't have to be deep games. In some cases, they don't even have to be particularly playable. But um, it's a test for game developers to see what they can do with limited resources, limited time, and often having to follow a certain topic. So I thought, why not take a look at some game jams? Um, one of the biggest ones that's currently uh, active right now is Ludum Dare, um, which actually stands for to give a game. There have been uh, 45 of them, I believe. Yeah, here it is, ldjam.com. With uh, Ludum Dare 46 starting in about 35 days' time, it happens about uh, twice a year and actually happened, actually started as just a random forum event somewhere. And um, now it's kind of a big thing. It's one of the biggest game jams uh, that is currently out there. It is 48 hours long, and um, you can get some pretty good recognition uh, for uh, placing very well, or even possibly winning. Um, now I have, just as a note, I haven't participated in a whole lot of game jams myself. In fact, my 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 experience personal experience right now is limited to the Desert Bus Game Jam. Um, I have participated in it last year. Uh, that is uh, a game jam that happens during the Desert Bus for Hope charity event held by Loading Ready Run every year uh, sometime in November. Uh, it happens about six hours, uh, starts about six hours or so after the run has begun for the year and ends about six days later. Um, as far as I know, there's not any sort of official ranking or anything like that. Um, at some point uh, after the game jam has, has been finished, uh, I believe that the... Um, I believe that the games are played on one of Loading Ready Run streams, when, uh, particularly one that is called Watch and Play, which is usually reserved for um, Graham Stark uh, finding terrible games and forcing Alex Stacy to play them. Um, it's a fairly entertaining, um, fairly entertaining stream, but. Uh, they, they do take that one day every year and play some games that might actually have some value to them. There you go. Uh, one that just finished recently was the 7 day roguelike challenge. Uh, so that one lasts exactly 168 hours. There's no set start time, but um, 
there is a set week for it and you can start pretty much on any time on the Saturday or Sunday of the event and just go for 168 hours from that point. Now of course this being the 7 day roguelike challenge uh, you generally uh, are aiming to create a traditional roguelike um, that there's not necessarily a solid requirement that is a traditional roguelike though. There are some games that definitely vary on the um, on the theme, uh, adding roguelike elements to other um, to other genres. Like I think I remember I've been listening to roguelike radio, which is a podcast. Um, I remember one in particular where the controls are fairly simple and it's kind of a you have a jetpack and I don't remember the exact details. Anyway, 7-day roguelike, a lot of interesting stuff comes out of that. Uh, I think one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest titles that come out of that is Broken Bottle, which if you're going to be playing that, content advisory for sure. Uh, one that I just found out about recently is the Zero Hour Game Jam, which as you might guess, happens in technically zero hours. Um, literally, it happens, you have, it's a one hour game jam effectively, but it happens on the hour that you get back when daylight savings time ends. So it starts at 1.59.59 a.m on the day that daylight savings time ends and goes until 2 a.m. It's a very late night game jam, but uh, I think they just kind of went with it just for the idea that you're making a game for zero hours. You start at 2 and you end at 2. Uh, there's one that kind of caught my eye at one point that started on January 1st of this year. It's called the Decade Jam. I'll let you guess how long that one's running for. <laughs> let me see if I can bring it up here. Um, there's a whole list of game jams if you're interested in looking them up uh, over on itch.io and that's where I'm looking right now. And, uh, yeah, there's not really anything particular about Decade Jam, except that you have 10 years to make it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why anyone would think this is a good idea. It's like, if you have 10 years to make a game, then... Are you expected to make like a triple A title or something? It's like, what even? It's it's an interesting concept, but I don't know really what this is going to prove. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, there is the DOS Games Jam, which is an interesting concept. Um, make a game, but it has to be a DOS game. 
with rules such as the game should be inspired by PC games from the DOS era. Uh, you can actually submit any number of games. Um, there's no topic that you have to follow, it's just make a game, but it has to be a DOS game. Um, so that's running all of this month. You can still join it if you're interested, if you want to meet the challenge of making a game for DOS in this day and age. I mean, people are still making games for DOS. Look at Planet X X3. That's that's a DOS game, and it's still pretty new. It's less than a year old. And let's see. There's also the weekly game jam, which obviously happens once a week, and is a week long. Uh, that one actually has some prizes to it. Um, I think you can join for free and just kind of do it for fun. But in order to uh, compete for a prize, it does cost $5. And if you land first place, then uh, there is a $100 prize. So it's pretty good, uh, pretty good thing there. This week's theme is shapeshift, it seems. Games about shapeshifting? Games that shapeshift around you? The possibilities are at least two. Um, Metroidvania month. What's this? So, this one lasts for a month. It's uh, almost done, so you might want to wait for the next Metroidvania month. Uh, this is the seventh one, so I'm guessing that they're going to keep doing it unless interest, mm, excuse me, interest runs out. Uh, is there a subject for this one? Mm, looks like no. But, um, yeah. The main thing about game jams is that you have to work with only what is available to you. Oftentimes that means that you have to start with nothing or you can only start with specific libraries if you want to start with something. Um, I know that when I made the game for uh, the Desert Bus for Hope game jam, uh, I had made a Megazooks game. I had started entirely from scratch except for the regular Coolio originality splash screen that I put on every Megazooks game. So, um, yeah, it's making something out of nothing basically is the entire point of game jams. And if you are a game developer and you have not heard of game jam somehow or the thought has never crossed your mind then at least give it a try in most cases you have nothing to lose and you have a lot of things to gain ex especially experience you're listening to square wave symphony on ckdu 88.1 fm halifax and it is time for some music
And that was Cybash with Volcano rounding off the hour for today. I do thank you all for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. I still enjoy making it. And I will make it for as long as they uh, haven't booted me out of here, at the very least. So, yeah. That's going to do it for today. I have no idea what we're going to do for next week, but that's no different than any other week. So, um, we're just going to leave it off like that. And with the way that I usually leave it off with closing credits. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Madame Namiki, Noriyuki Kimikura, Twilight of Defect, Pink, Pink Project, Sky Gundect, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by the Witching Hour at 7 p.m. And press start to continue at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. And there's also a feedback option on ckdu.ca. Click on shows, use uh, scroll down to Square Wave Symphony, and there's an option to leave feedback there too. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word on Apple Podcasts, Google Player, TuneIn Radio, or most other podcast thing that you like to use. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolier if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,